You're listening to Jai Long, and this is Make Your Break, episode 127. Hey, do you ever feel like that you're on the treadmill and you're doing a lot of work? You're keeping busy, but you're not making a huge impact. Maybe you feel like you're not seeing your friends as much or your family as much, or you're not on the camera as much as you want to be. You're not designing things that you want to design, or you're not showing up on Instagram as much as you want to, or for your business, or for your clients. And you feel like maybe you're dropping the ball, or maybe it feels like you're juggling all the time, like you're doing so many things. I know as a creative entrepreneur, like I feel this all the time, and I know so many of you do because... People reach out to me and we're always talking about productivity and how can we manage our time and how can we buy back our time. Now, one limiting belief that I feel that we have to overcome as a creative entrepreneur is believing that we are the best and the only person that can do all the things in our business and that we could never outsource. But I have to tell you, over the years, I've outsourced so many things and you know what? It's so much stronger and bigger and and more amazing when you have more minds in the room People that are maybe smarter than you, more talented than you, have different ideas than you, and you are the person that just needs to bring everybody together. You're playing a different game. Now, my first full-time employee was Morgan, and he started working for me back in 2015. And since then, I've had a lot of employees, and I've had a lot of VAs as well. And so VAs really do help me. A VA, if you don't know what a VA is, it's a virtual assistant. And they've helped me so much with so many different things, including I do have a VA that edits this podcast episode for me. I have a VA that answers emails. I have a VA that helps me with all the tech stuff that I have going on in the background. Currently, I run around about four, maybe four to five different VAs for different tasks. And it's so important to assign the right person for the right job instead of trying to find someone that's maybe a little bit more affordable and lump them on with a bunch of jobs that they don't even understand. Because then you're losing money trying to get them to learn new skills or getting them to do something that they're not 100% happy with. And then you're not probably going to be 100% happy with the results that you're getting. Now, VAs are very important. And I talk about this in the business map a lot. I've actually got a video that really shows you step by step on who you need to hire, how you hire, and what things you can delegate out and how that can actually all work. So it's seamless and it's easy. And it's one thing that I definitely know because let me tell you, I've been doing it for years and years and years. But today, it's not me bringing this knowledge. I have Rick Liston with me, and he has just started this business where he helps wedding photographers find VAs. So his new business on Instagram is called Wedding Workflows. So if you head over to there at Wedding Workflows, you'll be able to see his new services. And he's got a lot going on there. So yes, he's definitely got a lot with VAs, but also he has other templates that we can use for our CRMs like uh, Studio Ninja and things like that. So today's episode, we go through so many different things from limiting beliefs of like why we are the sole person of the business and how we can't outsource anything ever. And all the way through to like, how do we actually outsource and how we change our mindset around all those things. So I think today is going to be a good day, good episode. There's so much value in here. If you want to say hi to myself on Instagram, it's at jialong.co. If you want to say hi to Rick, it's Wedding Flows. And Rick's actual Instagram account is Rick underscore Liston. So that's Rick underscore Liston. 
Now, before we get into the show, don't forget the Wedding Photography Summit is coming up so soon. And seriously, we are so, so excited about it. We have massive things to announce and the pre-sale goes on sale in roughly, probably around about a week. So you need to join, depending on when you're listening, but you need to join that wait list. So head over to WeddingPhotographySummit.com and seriously, we've been putting our hearts and souls into these things. We're going to be sending out journals to the first thousand people that actually sign up, something I want to talk about a little bit later. We're going to have front row seats. There's only 300 tickets and uh, we have some of the biggest names in the wedding photography industry that's going to blow your mind. And we're bringing so, so much value. You know me, I'm always bringing the value, making sure that I overpromise and then I deliver on the overpromise. And that's exactly what we're doing with this Wedding Photography Summit. With 2022 coming around the corner, it's going to be the biggest year probably in history for weddings. People have just been postponing their weddings, they've been canceling their weddings, but they still need to get married, right? So if you're a wedding photographer right now and you're thinking, hey man, I haven't got any work. I don't know what's happening. We need to be prepared for the avalanche that's going to happen next year. So I want to make sure that you're prepared with the right strategies and also have that motivation so you can get out there and make things happen and take action. So that's what the Wedding Photography Summit's all about. And just to bring some pure inspiration so you know that you're a part of an amazing community and we can celebrate together. And I think that's so cool. So again, head over to WeddingPhotographySummit.com. Don't forget, okay? I'm going to leave a link in the show notes underneath. So WeddingPhotographySummit.com. Hey, so I've got Rick here. Rick is based in the Yarra Valley in Melbourne, I actually got to meet Rick a little while ago. We joined the business map and I have just heard that he's got some services for VAs and for setting up workflows and things like that. So wanted to get him on the podcast because let's be honest, guys, if we're creative entrepreneurs, it's not all about doing admin work all the time. And many of us are photographers and we just want to get out there and start shooting. So I want to rack Rick's brain a little bit around what we can do right now to outsource and if we are ready to outsource and how we can take our business to another level. But before we do that, let's get in and find out who Rick is. So, hey, Rick, man, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jai. Happy to be here. Yeah. Hey, could you just kind of introduce yourself a little bit, who you are and what you're about? Um, so I'm a wedding photography. Let's start, Rick. Photographer <laughs> based in the Arrow Valley, man, as you, as you said, but most importantly to me anyway, as I said. I'm a dad of the most beautiful little girl and, and husband to my uh, to my wife, Nadia. And those two people are the humans that I'm always trying to serve first and foremost. And I had to really catch myself when I started to notice that uh, I stopped being as present a father and husband as I wanted to. I think we've got this incredible superpower really when it comes to being an entrepreneur. So anyone listening to this podcast is probably out there because they know how to take on a business, how to run things themselves, how to look for opportunities, how to find the gold there, how to basically teach themselves anything. They know how to save themselves uh, costs by learning to do things themselves. And so it's this, yeah, this really amazing thing that we can do to start our business. But there really comes a point, I think, when those skills start to become a curse and our necessity to kind of be in charge of everything in our business and to not hand over the reins to anyone else to think that we are the only people that can uh, look after it. I mean, the business is our baby. We gave birth to it. So who else to to work on it than us? But if you're at a point where, yeah, you start to notice that you're actually working so 
hard on that business that you're neglecting the life you wanted to start for yourself. So when you obviously think about becoming a wedding photographer and, and shoot one day and have the rest of the week off, uh, sounds like an absolute dream. But then as you're <laughs> sitting there on you know Instagram for three hours, trying to please that algorithm, and you've got either your partner, your child, someone you know wanting your attention, and you can't give it to them because you know you need to respond to comments straight away. You need to be on there at that six o'clock time when everyone else in the family is getting home from work, and that's when you need to be engaging on emails the entire time on, on you know editing your your shots because you you don't think anyone else can uh, can do it and yeah man you really quickly approach burnout so i think what i'm trying to set up here is an avenue to actually get back to what we should be focusing on that's shooting weddings and living life the way that we intended when we first started the business that's really cool so the whole thing kind of stemmed from you recognizing in your own personal life that you're spending too much time on the admin work and you wanted to sort of get back to the life that you dreamt of? That's right, man. There was actually one defining moment where uh, my daughter trying to talk to me, asking me to play with her. And my wife heard her doing that and then come into the room and just tell me like, Rick, you're ignoring your daughter. Like, How could whatever you're doing right now be more important than that? Uh, she was absolutely right. And I, the thing was like I was... I was successful in terms of like my business. Like I was getting leads, I was booking weddings, I was busy. And I guess I got hung up then on on just chasing that, just trying to be as successful as I could be without uh, I guess changing the focus or changing the uh, the goals to to actually no, this even at this point of success, this isn't actually where I want to be. So I had to start making uh, making some big changes there because yeah, I didn't like who I was becoming or where I was becoming. Mm, I love that. So for you to solve that problem, was it really like sort of looking out and seeing if you could find some help with your business? And I guess for you, it looks more like instead of hiring someone full-time and expanding your business, it was more like, how could I outsource instead of insource? I, mean, I just had to assess the tasks that I was doing and say, which, one, which ones of these tasks are ones that somebody else could be doing for me? which are procedural, which are things that I could teach someone else to do and which, do, which tasks don't actually involve um, my brain or my need to be doing them. And it turns out there was actually a ton of those tasks. And the more I got mm. to get off my shoulders, the more I got to automate, the more I got to outsource, uh, just the more relief I felt. And then there's just been such amazing ripple effects because now the opportunity that I can have to find other ways to grow and scale my business, other ways to spend my time, other ways to hang out with my friends. Like it's just this incredibly snowballing effect of, of benefits, which we're so reluctant to do. I understand it because yeah, like I said before, you want to be in charge of everything. You want to save as many pennies as you can by doing things yourself. But um, the opportunity cost of doing that is just this unbelievable amount of scaled revenue and scaled time. So if you're going off that... Do you feel like getting back that time and energy, has that helped your business grow? I oh, did, for sure. So I, funnily enough, you know, I haven't shot a wedding since June, thanks to our lockdowns. But I'm in the happiest place in my business I've, I've ever been in terms of where it's taking me. And it's all thanks to being able to, uh, to outsource. Yeah, that's incredible. Hey, why do you think, because I know 
you know, so like I mentor you know, thousands of wedding photographers and I know I'm always sort of saying like, we need to get to a place where we grow a business and we create opportunities for other people and we can outsource stuff so we can get back that life. But why do you think people get stuck and hung up and why they don't actually get to a point where they want to let go of some of these tasks? Because we, yeah, we, we are the ones that created this business. This isn't one that we've come into and we're working for someone else. And then, so we're not really that attached to those tasks, but this is our business. This is how we're getting represented to the world, to our couple. So we so much hinges on it being done right. Um, and we've always basically done it that way since, uh, since we've begun. And I think combining that with possibly some bad experiences. Because the thing is, mm. when, you get, when you do get a VA, it's not just a, you know, a super quick fix can't just take someone on and then they're already in their head and in your head and they know exactly how to do things that you want them to do. It's actually a bit of training involved in both in, on their part, but also on yours. So you need to learn how to start creating procedures, basically standard operating procedures, how to train them to get into your head, how to walk them through what you're thinking. And if you're not trained in doing that, and if that's not a practice that you've done, then you're going to have a bad time. You know, it won't be, it won't be successful. So until they can come to the table knowing as much as they can about you and what you want. Yeah, you'll probably have a hard time outsourcing anything and you'll probably stop doing it and go back to uh, your burnout ways. Hey, so I was reading this book the other day and it was talking about high performers. And one thing that high performers do, they were saying how they were like really surprised with all the research that they did. And they said that high performers, no matter where you put them, in what business, with what team, they're always going to achieve and they always end up on top. And it was really fascinating, but they said one of the things they have where most people have skills and they don't want to let go of their skills, high performers always build people. And so they empower people with skills. Instead of them finding all the skills, they empower people with skills. And so and I guess that just comes down to being a leader. But if you're in a team and you've got uh, resources of people, the person that can bring together the team to get to one common goal is the person that's always going to outperform everybody else. Do you think for ourselves to get to the best level and version of ourselves, to, to become a leader for our business and for our clients and to show up more with client experience and stuff, we need to learn how to let go a little bit and also build a team of professionals around us to help us take things to another level? Oh, mate, for sure. And you know what? I think we've actually already got a lot of those skills as wedding photographers. So when you show up on a wedding day and there's shit going wrong, it's raining, rides panicking, man, she's in chaos, being new staff, don't know whether they have the ceremony inside and outside. And if you're already a wedding photographer, you've probably already got those skills to look out, see what the, you know, assess the big picture, uh, nurse people into the best case scenario, look at the positives, focus on those and actually get the best outcome of, of what you have. You can you can look at something and then, all right, this is a bad circumstance, but I think we can uh, we can turn this around. Um, and that's because honestly, being a people person is actually such a big a big part of it. And I think when it comes into, like you say, getting other people on board on that team, getting them involved, having a reward for them, and seeing the business grow. Like if you're not able to to do that, they'll probably leave you. So. I think a large part of what we do well as wedding photographers can really trickle over to running a team as well. Mm. Hey, I was mentoring someone yesterday and they're just starting out actually as a wedding photographer and they were like so excited about it and everything. It got me really excited, but they said a few things that kind of stopped me in my tracks. And one was 
I just want to be, I want to quit my job. I want to be a full-time wedding photographer so I can work when I want to work and I can just work on the beach and I can wake up late and do all those things. Do you remember, because I absolutely do about myself, do you remember those times when it was like, you know, happy-go-lucky and you remember all that and then all of a sudden you don't know where along the track did I lose that dream because now I'm <laughs> I'm just the admin man of my business? <laughs> I think you find, yeah, man, pretty early on, if you've got the idea that you're going to come in and just shoot the shoot the wedding and then, I don't know, man, pick up another destination wedding somewhere else and there's 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 not this 90% of the work behind the scenes mm. in answering emails and, and making timelines and, uh, <laughs> and running sheets, then um, yeah, you'll find it out eventually. But what a fantastic way. If that's what actually gets you started into a wedding photography career, then uh, you've got to be thankful for it. But the good news is, man, the good that we're in obviously a, a stage here where so much of what other people have bought can be brought into your business. You don't really need to reinvent the wheel. Mm. Like I think a lot of us uh, have had to when we've started. So the workflow, for instance, like the the client journey, you know, that's something that you can take from another photographer who spent years building, perfecting it, put it straight into your system, and then you're good to go. So it's it's easier today to just focus on shooting the weddings than ever than it has been at, at any other stage. And I absolutely agree. And it's so interesting. I actually had someone reach out to me the other day, just on Instagram. They said, Hey, I want to join the six figure business map, but I don't want to join now because I'm going to do a year or two just to find my feet or whatever. And then I'll, and then I'll get onto it. But it's interesting. Like we all work differently, but I think about if I, when I make Ikea furniture, I hate doing it, but it's so much easier for me to read the instructions first before I struggle for two hours, then go back to the instructions. Or if I'm going to drive to the Yarra Valley or something like for me to look at my path, like look at the map and then go like, that's the way I'm going to go instead of going to get lost for, for two hours before I actually look at the map. And I think it's so often for some reason in business, we feel like we can do it on our own. We can find our own way. We can find our own workflow. We can struggle for a bit because that's part of business. But in reality, I don't think in this day and age, you have to actually go through and do the struggle. And so people that I've worked with that have gone from ground zero straight away and then have hit six figures within months, They've done these things straight away, taken someone else's workflow. They put in the systems in place straight away. They've outsourced and made systems to be able to outsource straight away. Like Ricky, you know, when you first started, imagine if you had that, imagine your whole career, like how far ahead or how much more you could have and could do and all the mistakes that you could miss because you were just like, yeah, man, it was easy. I've got a map and I went from A to B and yeah. You're right. It's all available now. So honestly, the biggest thing standing yeah. in your way is just the realization that it is there and that you can do it and you need to invest in it. Because when I think about how long I went without actually having a CRM, I'm just like, what a freaking idiot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know when you have that realization, hey, it's like, it's even the same as me, it's like when I was using like Google Docs or, or an Excel spreadsheet. And I was like, why was I wasting all that time when a CRM costs barely anything? And Dang, then it's oh done. Oh my God, yeah. The amount it gives you. <laughs> Compared to what you're what you're putting in there, the amount of time it's going to collectively save you. And like I said, with your, you know, with the map as well, Jesus, the collective amount of mm-hmm. experience and knowledge in that course that you can just harvest, put straight into your brain, and not need to spend the years learning it is, yeah. I don't know if you if you want to get lost for two hours, like that analogy you made trying to make a trip, like okay, do it. But <laughs> <laughs> but there is a path here, there is a way, and it's, uh, there's a lot of yeah. Awesome ones. It's so interesting, man. I think like for yourself, a lot of people don't realize we have a certain amount of energy. We have a certain amount of time and we need to really think about that energy and time. So getting lost for two hours is fine. But I think about like for yourself, for instance, 
the impact you can make when you buy back, let's just say half an hour a day, just an extra half an hour, like that's it. Do you think for you, you'll be able to either rest and see your kids? So you're bringing back that energy and that drive and the purpose and the why and everything, or you could divert it to maybe marketing or meeting someone new or networking or going in and learning something, reading a book, listening to a podcast, doing a course. Like, do you think with that time spent, you can progress so much quicker? Yeah, absolutely. And the faster I think people can come to terms with this, the better. So I'll give you an example. So if you were to yeah, spend, let's say, four hours a day doing something that somebody else could do for seven fifty an hour, then that is all you're earning. That's the wage that you're earning. That's all you're saving yourself. Instead, this is what I love to do. I will outsource that. I will go on a bike ride. I will listen to a podcast and make every single... That combination of going on a bike ride, listening mm-hmm. to a podcast, I will come home with an idea that I can implement, which is going to obviously smash whatever I've just spent on, on that four hours of somebody else doing that task for me. So you're saying for so four hours, $7.50. So for $30, is it worth going out and exercising your brain, exercising your mind and your body? 100% man. <laughs> like, like for 30 bucks, coming back with a, a business idea, a strategy, you know, if there is nothing that you can think to be doing better with your time than something that somebody else could be doing for $7.50, there, if there's nothing that you could do to improve your marketing, hang out, improve your body, improve your mind, then all right, keep doing that thing. But I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you already know there is a ton of stuff that you could be doing that could be scaling your business, earning more revenue, getting more leads coming in, or actually just doing whatever you want to be doing with your time. So that's what's so good about this is that we have options of of getting other people to help us with those procedural tasks that really can be outsourced. We don't need to be doing it. So the faster you realize the opportunity cost of still doing those tasks, the much better off you're going to be. I know a lot of people struggle with this breakdown having a bad experience with a VA and then giving up. I know a lot of people and I've mentored people before and they said, oh, my friends had a bad experience or I had a bad experience or I don't want to trust someone with my passwords. I don't want to trust someone with my clients or whatever it is. Let's break that down and just talk about what we need to do to reset ourselves and be ready to take on a virtual assistant or an in-person assistant. And go through each one of those. So... Uh, I don't want to trust someone with my passwords. No worries. You don't have to. We've got LastPass for that. LastPass is a way of securely sharing your login credentials with somebody where they don't actually get to see your login credentials. And you can take those privileges away just as soon as you give them. If you don't want uh, clients hearing from somebody else, you can always then keep that as a high priority. You can spend your time then writing to your own clients or engaging with your clients and then have your VA do other tasks that it's not um, communicating directly with your clients. And I will say a big part of that actually is just if you've got a killer workflow in place and you're answering the questions your clients are going to ask you ahead of them ever needing to, solving those problems before they uh, before they arise, then that's a big part of uh, reducing the amount of communication you're going to need to do. What else did you say? You've had a you've had a bad experience before with mm, uh, that's with a, a big VA. one. I had as well. I'm sure everyone when they first start before they learn how to do it is going to have uh, a bad experience. One of the Biggest things that uh, has helped me in training my VAs to get them into my brain has been Loom. So just, and I screen record everything and I make uh, SOPs, standard operating procedures for, for now, everything I do. Almost every day, I get the relief of seeing something that I don't want to ever have to do again. I record it. I'm verbalizing exactly what my process is, how I'm going through it. 
that goes into a uh, into a document, and then that's the last time I ever have to do it because I've trained myself. I know what the VA needs to needs to get out there. I know the information that they need from me in order to be able to replicate that task accurately. You talked about SOPs right there. Let's just break that down a little bit because I know not everyone understands what standard operating procedures mean. But what does that actually look like for me if I'm just a photographer and everything's yep. in my head? So if you never want to do a bank reconciliation, again, this is something that's going to come up. So every month you're going to get uh, an invoice from PickTime. Every month you're going to get an invoice from uh, from Studio Ninja, from Museum. And these are going to need bank reconciliations. And you're probably spending your time going through doing these same tasks every single month. So if instead of doing them every single month, you take one of those times and you record the processes you're doing, where you're clicking, where you're having to log into PickTime to find the invoice, downloading that invoice, how you're uploading that invoice into Zero, basically which buttons you're pressing and why, put that into a document. It will take a bit longer than just doing it yourself, but this, it just means once you've got that operating procedure of how to handle each one of those entries in your accounting uh, software, then it just means that someone else can now replicate that procedure and you never have to do it again. So you're basically saying that everything that I do, I can download from my brain and I can categorize it and I can file it away somewhere where someone else can access it. Not everything we do. Obviously, a lot of it will still come. Like, you know, I'm not going to have a VA go and shoot a wedding, but you will get very good at knowing <laughs> which tasks can be outsourced, which tasks are procedural, which tasks don't run the risk of uh, needing creative uh, input. And you might surprise yourself at just how much of a formula you actually create. So, something like album design, you might think, obviously, that's a super creative thing. But once you start recording your process of why you build an album in this way, how many spreads you dedicate to the groom's prep, the bride's prep, what you like to do with the bigger photo, how you handle all the family photos, you start to realize, okay, this is actually a formula that someone else can follow. And then you can give that to a VA and then you can review them doing it as well. So you're going over their work, you're recording yourself saying, okay, I actually would have done this this way. And, and it just makes you realize, yes, I wasn't clear enough on that. I didn't think about what happens in this scenario, but you just get better at it. But that exchange will mean that you'll have a lot more, a lot more success rather than just hoping that they know exactly what you want to do. And if they come back and they don't know exactly what they want to do, then you think, well, this sucks. Yeah. Hey, um, let's talk about quickly, do you have any practical tips for me if I'm thinking about going out there and uh, outsourcing different tasks? So how can I actually prioritize the tasks that I want to do on how can I identify things that I could actually hand off to someone else? And start making lists. You know, you love a uh, love a good list, but just what am I doing on a day to day basis? What does my business require me to do? Which of these tasks do I not want to do? Which of these tasks do I love? Which are high priority tasks? What are the things that I could be doing with my time if I wasn't doing these tasks? And then, if you can from that list, you can start looking at which tasks are really procedural. So, if I was to record everything I'm doing, is this something that somebody else would be able to then do for me? You'll pretty quickly start to find, all right, yeah, when I make a, an Instagram highlight story of just taking these images, I'm building, I'm using Unfold, I'm putting them all into these different pages. And then when I want to post it to Instagram, I'm needing to tag in every one of the vendors on each one of those pages, making them small. Like that takes a shitload of time. And it's something that somebody else can do for you. And so once you, and you'll get better at this as you start, but once you uh, begin to make those lists, really think about every time you're sitting at the computer or you're sitting on your phone, what am I doing right now? Is this something that somebody else could do? Then that's how you, uh, you can start off. I love it. And do you actually go through and um, work out how much a value, like put a value on each task so you can actually see like, 
from lowest value in terms of how much you could outsource it for to highest value in terms of, hey, this is actually me and no one can replace me. So the highest value is my time. Correct, man. And you'll notice that uh, as well. So if you're you know, reaching out to a venue because you're trying to build a relationship that's going to bring in a sustainable source of leads for the rest of your photography career, that's not something you want to outsource. You want to go there in person, build a rapport, and like, yeah, that's a great way to, to make sure that you're using your time to actually build revenue for your business. But yeah, something like making, I don't know, Instagram carousels, posting to Pinterest, uh, handling leads as they're coming in, applying different templates, doing your bank recs, uh, magazine submissions, like so many of these things. I think uh, once there's a formula, once there's something that it's kind of repeated every time you do it, then you know, all right, this is now something I can not worry about. And I can now go out and build relationships with venues because usually we, we just don't have time. There's all these things, especially like you watch a course and you can see man, every one of those uh, chapters, every one of those, uh, those modules has got amazing things that you could be spending your time doing and growing and learning, but we're too busy editing our photos or doing the stuff that honestly mm. somebody else could do. Hey, so I know everybody um, has a threshold of what they would want to let go. And you identified it before with saying, hey, I wouldn't outsource my... Like shooting a wedding, right? And there's a lot of people that do do that. So they all have like associate shooters and stuff like that. So we all have a point of like, hey, I wouldn't actually outsource my editing because it's my special secret sauce that I put on there that no one else can do or wouldn't outsource my sales. I wouldn't outsource my emails and things like that. Do you think like as you start outsourcing things. And if you're in that situation, you should just start off with something small and then work your way up. Absolutely. So say editing in that example, I still like to edit around hundred images from a wedding. So after I shoot a wedding, the morning afterwards, I'll be going through and in part, I actually need that validation. I need to say, all right, I didn't bugger this up. So I like to go through and edit these, but I know that basically after I've done those hundred best shots from the wedding, the rest of the emotional like, I don't know, journey from those other you know, 1,000 photos that I'm going to deliver or 800 photos, really the crux of it is in that 100. So I don't really feel like I'm running a massive risk in having somebody else then go and edit. And they've actually got a good indication for me from those 100 photos that I've edited that say, all right, this is how I, I'm going to be editing the rest of the day. He's already got the temperature that he wants, he always, the level of the highlights that he wants. So it's really good starting point for, for an editor to, to then go on that. And then they give me the chunk of that, like the large task of that work is then obviously the, the rest of that editing stage. But I've already nailed and perfected the 100 best images. So that's a good way to, I guess, get into outsourcing editing, which is, is going to be the biggest thing you can outsource to save yourself time. Let's talk about money because I think a lot of people see outsourcing as a liability. So they see it as a price, like, oh man, but it's costing me so much money and they don't see it as an investment. And so for myself, I personally, um, I actually outsource, I think I've got like maybe four VAs that work for me and I've, I insource. So I have like um, four or five full-time employees as well. And so I do both, but I see everyone as an investment, never a liability, because if they're a liability, I, I simply wouldn't hire them. It wouldn't make any sense. But do you think it's like a bit of a mindset shift where we need to start saying like, I know this is going to cost me a little bit in the, in the long run, but the opportunities that it creates and the energy that I get back and my time that I get back and then the opportunity costs of not having that time and being able to do those things. Do you think we need to like sort of shift our mindset around thinking about it as a liability towards thinking about it as an investment? You said the two magic words there right there, mate, opportunity cost. 
And it is a very big shift. Like I said at the start, we're all, as entrepreneurs, we're kind of naturally against this uh, just because we, we want to minimize the cost by doing things ourselves. And that's how we kind of got our business up and running, built our own website, did our own design, did our own logos. But once you start to look at the things you're not able to do, then you just have to put a price on that. So every, mm. all these tasks that uh, you're spending your time doing um, that are getting in the way of you growing or scaling your business, because you will see, if you're listening to this podcast, once again, you, you will know that there's other things you could be doing to grow your business. As soon as you start to look at the cost of you doing this task as the replacement value, basically $7.50 an hour, that's what I could be paying somebody else to do it. So is there a better use of my time where I could be earning more money or generating more leads, which are which are going to earn more money. So I, I know that when I outsource and automate the back end of my, my business, I can focus more time on shooting a high volume of weddings. I can earn $5,000 a day shooting a wedding. So I would want to be making sure I can shoot as many weddings as possible versus spending my time doing the editing, doing the back end. So if I'm choosing to not shoot a wedding, to not earn that $5,000 because I want to focus on my special source of doing the editing, then it's costing me that $5,000 wedding. So that's the opportunity cost. It's huge, isn't it? Like, I think for me, and a cool story for everybody, like I scaled my business to 500,000 a year pretty quickly when I first started because I realized that I was a tradesman, right? So I, I, I'm a workhorse. I can just show up and work and work. I don't really get wedding hangovers. Like, man, give me five in a row all day long. No worries. And what I realized was because the editing was stopping me, I needed to hire someone full time to do the editing for me because now I could shoot two weddings per week. And I could take it two days off per week as well while someone else is editing my photos. And then I could even shoot three weddings per week or even four weddings per week. So now I was putting the high value task in front. So instead of making 5,000 a week, potentially some weekends I was making 20,000. And so I exploded my income without that much extra effort from myself. Absolutely, man. So let's look at the maths here. So if you're just shooting one wedding a week, let's say you're charging $5,000, and you want to save yourself the cost of, of outsourcing. So you stick. So you're like, all right, one wedding week, that's about all I can do to prevent burnout. And now you're shooting four times that amount. So now you're getting 20 grand a week. And uh, how much is outsourcing that load going to cost you? So I don't know. I had a full-time employee, so it's about $1,000 a week. Okay. So even at four grand a week, so you're earning, you're earning 20 grand and your, your expenses have raised to, to 4,000. So the difference then is $16,000. So that's your opportunity cost of doing the editing yourself. That's actually costing you $16,000. And like, exactly. I totally agree, man, on the, when people talk about getting burnout of doing too many weddings, I think that really applies to the other stuff. I'm the same as you. I like an eight hour day, I'm shooting weddings, you know, 15 minutes from home. Like I look at the totally. hospitality staff, they're doing double shifts. Like, you know, they're working twice as much as me. I get to hang out, have a party, come home. Be in and the sun, I, drink I, a I cocktail, it, like it's, take it's a couple not, of photos, meet some people. Even at a hundred weddings a year, that's only, <laughs> you know, that, that still leaves 265 days a year that you're not out there working. Like it's not a huge load. Totally. And that's how I've always seen it. I was like, man, this is actually the easiest thing ever. Hey, so another couple of funny things is like, so if we're talking about liabilities and investment, and this is a few things that I've done before. Imagine if I said to you, Rick, hey, can I come work for you? I do want $100,000 wage retainer. That's what I want from you. Okay. But this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to go and make some relationships for our business, your business, uh, with some venues. I'm going to go and show up every couple of, every month at least. 
I'm going to go and find you some new clients and I'm going to fill up your pipeline so you have clients every single weekend. Would you say at the start that like $100,000, like that's a bit rich. I'm definitely not doing that. But then by the end, would you be like, well, if it cost me 100000 and I never have to think about marketing and all that sorted and someone else is editing, maybe I only have to work one or two days a week and I'm making a few hundred thousand. Like, would you say that is a good investment? Of course, mate. No brainer. Here's the thing. People don't really realize this. If you hired me right now, let's just say, let's just say, for instance, you make $200,000 a year and then you hired me for 100000 But right now you work six days a week because you have to work six days a week, right? But when you hired me, now you work two and a half days a week. What actually happens is you make less money, but your hourly rate skyrockets and your business value skyrockets and your leverage skyrockets. Now, so many of us, we're trying to look at something so small, like, hey, but I'm losing half my profits. But it's like, wait a second. But you also increased your value, increased your time spent, the impact that you're making, because you're spending less time making that money now, the 100,000. But then with that extra time... Four and a half days a week. Yeah, four and a half days a week. Could you make another couple of, maybe a few hundred thousand now that you have that extra time? And so I I just think like no one ever thinks about it like that, you know? It's, yeah, it's funny. (laughs) Once you start down this this path and you realize, okay, whatever I'm spending on uh, on a VA, I am making tenfold. So it it actually trains you. I I started part-time, immediately went full-time, then got a second one on, a third one, fourth one. And I, I'm just kind of addicted now to the growth there that I can do. They're almost like, I don't know, infinite boundaries of if I can think of something, if I can conceive of something, then I know I've got a team there to go and research, make it happen, mm-hmm. engage, do everything behind the scenes. Um, so I really feel like I've got limitless potential. Because you takes, do. Yeah, because, but it takes <laughs> I think, starting down that path. Like if I was trying to do everything myself, there's no way I would ever break out of shooting 30 weddings a year. Mm. Yeah, it's so interesting. I think as a creative entrepreneurs, we don't really look at it like this. And I know a lot of people even look at me and they see the resistance of like, hey, but you've got so much stuff. Like, why would you do that to yourself? And why wouldn't you edit your own photos? And why wouldn't you do, you know, whatever it is. But I think you realize after a while that like, hey, man, I'd rather sit there on a podcast and know that my photos are still getting edited in the other room and know someone's still making a video for me and know someone still can do a blog post for me. Know someone's still reaching out to someone and still making income. And so that means I can put myself at the forefront of like only high value tasks always. And then the impact that I can make compared to anyone else is huge because imagine for yourself at home right now, if you could just do high value tasks, imagine what your life would look like. Imagine the impact, imagine your income. Would you agree? You don't even need to imagine, man. You just need to turn on your computer and listen to everything you're saying because you're listening to someone who's doing that. Yeah. But like, I think sometimes like, you can see it, but you can't imagine it for yourself. You know, it's like it works for someone else, but it's not going to work for my business because I edit everything. Yeah, because I I've got the special source. So, <laughs> but that's what. Yeah, look, it is just it's a, a curse. But as soon as you break through that, so then just start small. And and if there's mm. something that you know, all right, this is going to be a high value task. This is going to be something that's going to bring revenue in. I'm going to build this relationship with the venue because I know I'm going to get 100 leads a year from them, and that's going to be tens of thousands of dollars. But I don't have the time right now because I'm doing this thing. So let's start with that. I'm going to outsource this uh, this thing and I'm going to use that time to build that relationship 
all right, now I'm getting revenue from that. Let's see what else I can outsource. All right, this is clearly a relationship that uh, that works. And it will, and it has, and it always has. That's why, obviously, you know, look around the most successful people, obviously, are built on on teams. Like, they're not doing... No one know, does it by themselves. Every, no, everybody not thing, one you know, big company is built by themselves. They're a successful podcast host you got to be listening to. They're not, they're not, they're editing every episode, doing the, no. I don't know, the social media behind every episode. So I think we've got a lot of people to, to emulate here, and it's clearly... a a very obvious thing that works. There's going to be things in your business that somebody else can do for you. And fortunately, in the state of the world, we don't need to have, I guess, I don't know, people in our office. There are tasks for that, but we've got a great system of, uh, of outsourcing to uh, virtual assistants that can really help you get through this thing at not a great expense. So awesome. And for everyone listening, you can also insource. So that's probably another episode that I'll probably do down the track, but insourcing is also an incredible way because you can bring together a community of people on a single goal and it can be really cool. So outsourcing, definitely starting small with just one small task that you can hand off to someone, you know, get comfortable with it, see how you can get a bigger return, see what you can do with that saved time. And then from there, like you can start adding more time, more tasks to someone else until you feel really comfortable and you can start actually growing and scaling that business. So thank you so much, Rick, for being on the show. Where can we find you and what services do you have? Because I know you've just started something where you're making it so much easier for wedding photographers to find themselves a virtual assistant. So weddingworkflows.com, guys, uh, head there. You can grab, uh, I've got a follow-up, free follow-up questionnaire you can download. You can jump on my uh, my mailing list and that's where I'm going to be hitting you up with everything that, uh, that I offer. But basically. The workflow side of the business. So if you're uh, running a CRM and you're thinking about what, uh, how can you improve your client journey? How do you reduce those emails that they need to, to get in touch with you? The amount of time that you're spending on everything from the lead coming in to the happy anniversary email. I've made a, uh, a workflow here that will be installed directly into your CRM. So you can then go in, personalize it, but it's just going to be a massive... Massive time saver for you. And then we've also got a virtual assistant agency. So we'll be finding training, background checks, virtual assistants in the Philippines to work on your schedule, work on your business. And they will be trained in basically what they're already doing for me. So you're leveraging all my months of putting together uh, my standard operating procedures. And you know you don't need to do that because that's obviously a big barrier to, to you starting with it. So you can kind of just hit the ground running straight away. If you're in Australia, you've got a pretty busy wedding season, I'm imagining starting in November. So this is something you can uh, get underway before we kick off. So my follow-up question is, will this work for people all around the world? I've got users all around the world. If you're shooting weddings, then this is going to be something that's working for you. If you use social media, uh, if you edit photos, if you make slideshows, if you make blogs, if you submit to magazines, this this will work for you. Love it. And just to finish off, if you haven't looked at Rick's website yet. He's actually wedding photography website. It looks so good. I was just checking it out. And my wife, Lilu, actually did the branding, which is so, so cool. Perfect example, man, of, of exactly. me needing to realize that uh, well, I was doing my branding myself. And it wasn't until I used Lilo's that I realized, man, mine sucked before. Like, look <laughs> at how I look now. Like, I feel... This is what I told her in the thing. Like, mm. I finally feel represented in my branding like i feel like yes mm. that's uh that's me and i didn't realize how much 
I wasn't representing myself and, and how much I was letting myself down until I got someone who is actually a designer. Because I had to make that realization. Like, even though I can probably teach myself how to try to use this, you know, illustrator program and you know, I can figure out the pen tool, it just it, I'm not a designer. I can get someone who is, and the impact that that's had has just been amazing. That's so much amazing feedback from uh, from her work. So that was just yeah, a no brainer investment. Love that. Can I uh, leave you with a little secret? Just uh, just tell me though. <laughs> Man, people get so hung up that they don't have all the skills. They didn't go to university for whatever. They didn't get the education. Then maybe they're not the architect. Maybe they're not the lawyer. Maybe they're not, they're not the designer, you know, whatever it is. But we forget we can pay the experts. You can pay the very best in the world to represent you, represent your brand, to create something that you love, something that you're proud of. And we forget it sometimes because we put it on our own plates. And guess what? We are not the pro designers, We're not pro anything else really, except what we do. And when, if we stay in our own lane, and pay those experts, guess what? You're going to have something that's next level. Mad results, man. 100%. Preaching, uh, preaching to the choir, Jeff. Love it. Thank you, Rick, man. I really appreciate you jumping on. I know this episode is going to help so many people because this is just a question that comes up over and over. Thank you for extending out your services to all my community and everything as well, because I know people just need to get back some time so they can get back into learning and so they can get back into scaling their business. So I appreciate you. I do. If they do nothing else with their time, they listen to every one of your episodes, like tell me they're not going to scale their business and they're not going to pay off that VA. They're definitely going to pay off their VA. (laughs) Thank you, man.